Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 16. This is number 16, Christopher. Number 16? Oh man, this is a sweet episode. Episode of Talking Talkies, that's the name of the show. I think so. Sh- show where we talk about some talkies. And we do stuff <laughs> make and it, the things. You make it sound so interesting. We do stuff and the things. And, oh wait, stuff and things is another show I do. Darn it. Crossover. Yeah, uh, that, that's on Sundays now, by the way. Yes, that that is on Sunday afternoons with the giant media balls. Giant media balls? How many are there? As many as needed. I guess. Hey, and you know what's cool about giant media ball? What? It's a a giant ball of media. Yeah, but tell me about the flea problem. Well, I can't because there are none. What? (laughs) What? What? Okay. So this week, uh, by the way, I'm Dan, and that is Chris. Oh, yeah, hi. Uh, so this week, we are ending the baseball block. It's over. It is, the, it is the bottom of the ninth. There are bases loaded, two outs. Full count. Up to bat is Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, up to bat. This is going to be our final baseball-themed movie for Talkies this month because next week we are going to assemble the Avengers because it's almost time. The countdown to Ultron is almost here. Oh, this is big. This is this is super, super excite. That's how I'm feeling right now. Super excite. The hype well, is real. Well, here's the thing. Um, and we talked about this on the Pie Crust, which you guys should also listen to. But uh, Dan, Mike, and I all came up with a top five most anticipated movies for the year. And all four of our lists had four of the same movies. We only differed on one each because Mike was looking forward to Ant-Man. You picked Mockingjay Part 2 and I picked the Minions movie. But there were four blockbusters that we all selected. Star Wars Episode Seven, Spectre, Jurassic World, and Age of Ultron. And finally, 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 one of those blockbusters is about to be released and I cannot freaking wait. You know what? I think I've already, like... I'm already a liar because I'm pretty sure that Kingsman is going to make my top five. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see that. I'm, I'm disappointed I didn't. See, I didn't see it, but I will. I will see it. I told you to see it, Chris. I know. I know. But but, Pat too. He didn't see it either. You guys are jerks. Well, You're terrible my, friends. Well, my wife brought me to see two movies this year. One of them I actually liked, and the other one I decided was the worst movie ever made. Wonderful. Um, and if you guys would like to read my blog, coamelia17.wordpress.com, uh, keep, <laughs> keep an eye open because I'm working on my top 10 worst movies of all time list, and you're going to figure out what I put at number one. And I'm actually very excited about this number one movie because it's definitively number one. Anyway, it's time for Field of Dreams. Yes. So Field of Dreams is the story of a gentleman named Ray Kinsella. He is a farmer from Iowa. Actually, he's not. No. Actually, his wife was from Iowa. And that was like the only thing he ever knew about Iowa was that his wife was there. <laughs> is that she's from Iowa and I had heard of Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I'd heard of Iowa. You know what? But that's like the most true thing I've ever heard about that state because I've totally heard of Iowa. I've seen it, too, because I've been to Omaha, and we flew out of that airport, and we went over Iowa to bank to continue west towards Denver. I've oh. totally seen Iowa. I know it exists. Christopher, did you, flat. did you take our daughters and sons to work it today? Um, 
I don't have any that I'm aware of. Our, our daughters and sons? I don't know if I could at my job, actually. I don't think they'd want to. I think they'd be bored. They'd be at a bank all day. What can you do at a bank? Count the monies. Yes, here, count this. Count the monies. Anyway, I'm looking at the my planner, seeing what what's coming up. <laughs> that's a very your... that's a very relevant topic, really. Yes. Well, uh, we're all over it. We're on time crunch night. <laughs> yes. So uh, Ray Kinsella, this is Kevin Costner's character. Uh, he lives in on a farm with his wife Annie and his daughter Karen, and he had a very troubled relationship with his father John, who had been a devoted baseball fan. So he's walking through his cornfield, you know, doing farmer stuff and everything. Um, they had to grow the corn really fast for this film so it would be ready, but they grew it too fast. So he's actually on a walking platform in the cornfield because it grew too tall for Kevin Costner. And he hears a voice and it whispers, if you build it, he will come. He's like, what? If you build it, he will come. And he hears this in the cornfield, and then he hears it, like, in bed and everything. And he ends up interpreting this as he needs to build a baseball diamond in his cornfield. Because why not? That way, Shoeless Joe Jackson can come back and play again, which is exactly what he wants to do. All because of this big story of the 1919 Chicago Black Sox, where they basically threw the game. He has to explain that to his daughter. What does that mean, through the game? Yes. So, there's a movie about the specific. It's called Eight Men Out. Yes. About what happened. It's, a, it's another Shoeless Joe Jackson movie. So, sure enough, he goes on to put... He builds this baseball field. He, I mean, he does the whole nine yards, too, and everything. He puts in lights... He builds one bleacher set, because why not? Um, and it's just kind of like, oh, all right, so I got a baseball diamond now. And one night, his daughter's like, oh, well, the whole time, they're also fighting financial plans, because he got rid of so much of his crop. Now he's not going to make enough to afford the farm. He'll just basically break even, which won't do anything for him. So it's kind of a big disaster, and his... Asshole brother-in-law keeps trying to get him to sell and all this other stuff. But he's insistent on keeping this baseball field. And one night, his daughter notices a man standing out there. And it turns out it actually is Shoeless Joe Jackson, played in this film by Ray Liotta, who will appear in another movie this year in Talkin' Talkies for my birthday. Sorry, had to throw that you one out there. You get birthday talkies, but I, I don't. I gotta, like... But you know what? You actually do, because you get something even better for your birthday. You get a new friggin' Star Wars movie, so I don't even want to hear it. I'm not as big of a Star Wars fan as you are, bro. <laughs> well, that's your problem, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> Shoeless Joe and Ray, they have a little a bit of a hitting session. Um, I love the first thing he hits goes right into the dirt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, and when he, uh, when Shoeless Joe took out the bag that was next to him, that was completely by accident. They just kind of kept it in there. But, uh, Shoeless Joe was Ray's father's idol. And he says, listen, I'm going to, uh, <clears throat> I want to be able to bring some guys by to play. <clears throat> and he comes back with the other players all involved in the 1919 scandal. But here's the thing. 
Only Ray and his family can see these players. His brother-in-law cannot. And that's a key factor here. Because the whole time they're playing, he just doesn't see anybody. Nobody in the family sees it. And they think they're just being rude and a bunch of assholes. I like the part towards the end where he walks right through and the freaking batter is going to go... He's going to go beat him. him. <laughs> go beat him up. I love that part. So... Now Ray starts hearing a different voice. This one's telling him to ease his pain. So he's at this PTA meeting, and they're talking about banning a book by a radical author named Terrence Mann. Um, It was actually J.D. Selinger in the Field of Dreams novel, but they changed it to Terrence Mann because they either they couldn't get the rights or he just didn't want to associate himself with it, something like that. So Ray concludes that this voice is actually referring to Terrence Mann. And he's like, oh, his dream was to play for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and it never went through. And him and his wife both have the same dream about them attending a baseball game together at Fenway Park. So he's like, all right, I'm going to Boston. So he goes to find Terrence Mann. He's <laughs> like, is Fenway Park the one with the big green wall in <laughs> left big field? green wall in left field. I thought she was trolling him at first. <laughs> I also love the fact that when he gets to Boston, everybody's being an asshole to him. Like, he asks the old lady, and she's just walking away, but she keeps cursing him out. Oh, she's walking away. I don't know, and it just leave me alone. And she, God, I, I can't even help you. And like, he's already stopped walking, and she's still yelling as she's walking. That's a pre-2004 Boston. Yeah. That's true. It's 1988 in this movie. So, uh... But also no. not, because there's time travel and wibbly wobbly timey wimeys. Yes. <laughs> like, holy crap, the baseball field is frozen in time. Um, so he finds Terrence Mann, and the guy is pretty much a shut in now, and he's a big douchebag, and he's James Earl Jones, which is awesome. Peace, love, dope. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're a hippie, aren't you? You're from the 60s. I like when he just kind of walks and he just casually picks up a crowbar and goes, I'm going to beat you with this crowbar. (laughs) (laughs) But he ends up convincing him to come to the game with him. And now he hears the voice again. That This time it says, go the distance. And the scoreboard shows a statistic for a player whose name was Archibald Graham, known as Moonlight Graham. He only got to play one game for the New York Giants, but he never had a turn at bat. And Terrence Mann also has the same vision. So they go to track him down in Chisholm, Minnesota. Minnesota. Home of of the Chev. Which he acts like is like super out of the way. Yeah, which is totally on the way back to Iowa. (laughs) Which is just a little bit out of the way. You head head north a bit more. Yeah. (laughs) And Graham actually became a doctor when he didn't. His baseball career didn't work out. He had actually died 16 years before. So Ray goes out for a walk, and he time travels to 1972, where he meets the doctor. And they have this big conversation and everything. time travel and a doctor. Mm. Yep. And he's like, you got to come to fulfill your dream play. He politely declines. But on the way back, they pick up a hitchhiker, who is Archibald Graham, the young version. As the young boy, the young buck. They take him to Iowa. Yep. I go back to, back to to the to the farm. 
hey, here's all these other old, old players. They're like, we got tired of playing, doing uh, eight-man practices. We brought in more players. They're all like r- players from random teams. Like the Athletics are there. The They've got everybody pretty much represented at this point. Teams from back from way back in the day, though. Yeah. No newer team. And the whole reason that Ray had this rift with his father is because he denounced Shoeless Joe as a criminal to his father, and because that was his dad's idol, that caused the rift, and they pretty much never spoke again. Then his dad died. Yeah. So then... Out comes Mark. What an awful name. And he's like, you got to sell this farm. <laughs> and that's when he walks through the field while they're practicing. They go to kick his ass. And then, like, his daughter gets all up in his face like he's not going to sell the farm. And so he freaking throttles her. Shoves, she falls off the bleachers and starts choking to death on a hot dog. At this point, I would have killed this guy. Like, he put his hands on his kid and then almost killed her. What an asshole. Yeah, so people are going to come to... But, uh, so Graham steps off the field, the young Graham. You got to do the one thing he wanted to do during that bet. He wanted to wink at the pitcher. He winked at the pitcher. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you almost hit me? Uh, He winked, sir. Oh, don't wink. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Doc saves her life, realizes he's done... He did exactly what he could do. He he um, he fulfilled his dream. He saved his daughter's life, and then he walks off into the cornfield because he crossed the the stone line, so he can't go back. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Mark's like, "When did all these guys get here?" Yep. So Ter- Terrence Mann actually, after giving this heartwarming speech about baseball, which James Earl Jones actually doesn't like baseball, which is why that's funny. Uh, he decides, hey, I'm going to go back with these guys. Yeah, he gets invited They he gets invited to go back. Yep. So Shoeless Joe invites him back. And then uh, finally he, he gets the reward. After sacrificing so much, if you build it, he will come. Actually refers to this catcher who turns out to be his dad. This and is another they, movie where it's all about fixing a relationship. Yep. And that's who the voice was referring to this whole time. So Ray introduces his dad to his wife and his daughter. And as he heads towards the cornfield, he says, Dad, you want to have a catch? And they start to play catch while all these cars start randomly approaching the baseball field, because, like he said, they would actually show up to come watch baseball. <laughs> Karen is the one that started the the whole, like, uh, clairvoyant speech. Yeah. They'll come. They, they'll, they'll be like, it's time for a vacation, and they'll go to Iowa City, and it sucks. So they'll just start driving, <laughs> and they won't even know that they're coming here. And then, and then Terrence, like, takes over after that whole scene, and he's like... Yes, and then they'll come and they'll be like, uh, what's going on? And you're like, it's $20, and they'll just give you their money. And they'll love it. Yeah, and apparently they couldn't get that effect to really work, the final shot. Um, at first, it was too bright, then it was too dark, the F-stop was messed up, so they're just like, all right, with all this heavy traffic, none of the cars can move, so here's what you guys are going to do. 
uh, <laughs> flip your high beams on and off, and it'll make it look like all the cars are moving. And it actually does, so there you go. It's one way to do that. Um, and, of course, that's how the movie ends, and that, of course, is Field of Dreams. A fun ride, but don't expect to think anything serious is going yeah. on. Um, my reaction when the movie was done was kind of like, hey, that was a f- movie. Uh, there was a plot and some dialogue and stuff happened. Um, I didn't hate it, but I, I didn't really like it as much as I thought I would. And I, I think it's just kind of like a disappointing way to end it because we watched all these other three baseball movies one of which I'd already seen, but not in a long time. One I'd only seen parts of, and then one I'd never seen. And I loved all three of them. So, like, to end with this was just kind of like, eh, I wasn't really feeling it so much. Um, it had some good laughs, especially when he meets Terrence Mann for the first time. I think that scene's hilarious. Um, it's got some it's got some cool little, like, clairvoyance it plots and some higher power things and... You know, it, it's got some cool stuff, but overall, it's just kind of like, eh, it's a movie. Um, worth a watch, but not one I'll probably watch again. But there's some cool trivia about it. The original book was actually called Shoeless Joe, and they refused to make this the title because they just thought Shoeless Joe was a bad title for a movie. So they called the author, and they're like, hey, we changed it to Field of Dreams. Sorry about that. And he's like, well, actually... Shoeless Joe was what the publishing company gave the book. I wanted to call it Dreamfield. And they're like, oh, well. <laughs> Maybe we don't have some bad news after all. Um, the actual baseball diamond was built on a farm in Dyersville, Iowa. It is still standing to this day. And you are free to visit it and just play baseball there if you want to. Cool. So that's a kind of a cool little stat. Um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are in the Fenway Park scene. Oh, really? Yes, they're completely unknown, but they are extras. Um, Kevin Costner's role of Ray Kinsella was originally offered to Tom Hanks, but he turned it down. So that's a thing. And uh, I guess I don't really have... Too much more real trivia, except that uh, Moonlight Graham actually was a real baseball player. His story is pretty much accurate, and he retired at the ripe age of 30. Christ, that's how old I am now. I should just retire. Yeah, it's weird, because I've been watching the NBA playoffs, and they're like, this guy doesn't have too many years left. He's 34. I'm like, uh, I'll be 34 uh, next year. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's pretty close to my age, uh, so let's not talk about that. I think in this movie, he talks about the... Ray talks about when when his father was his age at 36. He he was ancient. And I'm just like, uh, a few more years. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Field of Dreams was cool. Um, Like I said, I'd give it a watch. Um, don't expect too, too much out of it. Don't expect, you know, to be laughing out loud like you would with something like Major League and Field of Dreams. And don't also expect, like, a really heartwarming story like you would with something like The Natural or A League of Their Own Again with where there's some feels thrown in. Um, 
this movie doesn't really have anything like that. It's just kind of there. Um, so, yeah, that was a Field of Dreams. Now, before we conclude this week's episode, I want to talk a little bit about my um, road to Ultron. I know Dan's going to be doing this pretty soon, too. But I start Saturday. Yes, we have embarked on a journey to watch all of the Marvel films to prepare for seeing the awesome Age of Ultron. Now, I, in my, um, in my viewing, I am six films in. I have watched the first Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, and I've also watched The Avengers, which I'm going to rewatch next week in preparation for this. Um, I have Iron Man 3 left, along with Thor The Dark World, which I have never seen, and Captain America The Winter Soldier, which I have also never seen. And then I'm going to end with Guardians of the Galaxy. My wife is watching them with me, and she hasn't seen Thor, Captain America, or Guardians yet. In fact, this was her first time seeing the original Thor and Captain America movies, as well as Hulk. Um, we'll talk about them a little bit more probably next week when we talk about the Avengers, but I know Dan has seen them all, I believe. Yes. I have so we're just all. so I'm just going to quickly uh, name name the movie, and we're going to talk about what our very quick opinion of the film is. Uh, first, Iron Man. I really liked it, and I love that it has Jeff Bridges as the villain. Dan? Yep. Got uh, everything started. It's really, it's really, really... Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great... It's a perfect way to start off the ride to the Avengers. Um, Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk, eh, I thought it was okay. I think that uh, it, it didn't really resonate with me as well as it could have, considering that... I saw it after I'd originally seen Ruffalo play the Hulk, so I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. It's about as good as a solo Hulk film as we're going to probably ever get. Yeah. Um, Iron Man 2, actually my favorite of the three Iron Man movies, which I know can be controversial to some people, but I really like it. I think Mickey Rourke did a great job. It was the first one I saw, and the first of these movies I saw in the theater was Iron Man 2. Yeah, I think I think we did see the original Iron Man in the theater, um, but I we did, we've seen all of them in the theater as far as I can tell, by my memory working correctly. Uh, next up would be Thor, which I enjoyed. Um, not not a spectacular movie, but it's still a fun ride. Shannon really liked it. It's got my girl, Natalie. Yep. Your portmanaholic. Yep, since I was in uh, tenth grade. Since after after episode one, pretty much. <laughs> uh, next is Cap, Captain America: The First Avenger. As far as chronologic order goes, this one comes first. And of yeah. course, it's a really really what cool it? movie. It's got some really cool special effects to make Chris Evans look scrawny and tiny. But it's a overall, it's a great movie. I love the villain, Red Skull, which he's only called twice, I believe. And Hugo Weaving's he, so good. He, I don't know why he doesn't get more work. Maybe he's just too expensive for some people to afford. I don't know. I mean, he's been considered for a lot of other roles. I know he was considered for a villainous role in Star Wars. Um, cool. Not not Dooku. I think he was offered something for Episode Seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, awesome, awesome movie. And of course, Cap 
comes to the future, and it's how he is the first Avenger, and he totally gets that reference to the Flying Monkeys. Um, what more can you say about the Avengers? We'll talk about it next week, but Dan and I both agree it's an awesome movie, and we're going to tell you why. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. It's good. Uh, Iron Man 3. This one's kind of a mixed bag for a lot of people. It's probably my least favorite of the three Iron Man movies, but I still liked it. A lot of people hate the twist in it, but it didn't bother me at all. I'm not beholden to that depiction of that character. It didn't bother me at all. Right. Um, as I've already said, I have not seen Thor The Dark World or Captain America Winter Soldier, but Dan has. Yeah. Thor The Dark World was my, was my favorite movie that year. So, <laughs> And then Winter Soldier was up there too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really good. But because Guardians came out the same year, wasn't that your number one? Yep. Guardians was my number one last year. Right, and I have seen Guardians, and I absolutely loved it. Guardians was a weird one, because <clears throat> I went into Guardians just kind of like, okay, everybody is really raving about this movie. That worries me, because when everybody's raving like this, my expectations are going to be too high, and I'm scared I'm not going to like the movie. And I turned it on, and I sat through it, and as the end credits were rolling, I sat back in my chair and went, I loved every single friggin' minute of that movie. <laughs> so. Great. Especially since there was, like, well, like I didn't even see it till the Monday after, but I stayed relatively incommunicado until then. I pretty much had, like, no expectations, because it's just, it's characters you barely heard of. Yeah, it's, it's obscure characters, but they're relevant to the Thanos storyline, so that's why we need to move this on. But then, yeah, but then, yes, yeah. And I was like, yeah, but I love Chris Pratt, and... Batista's in this, and... Batista's awesome in it. Bradley Cooper's a talking raccoon. Vin Groot... Uh, Vin Groot. <laughs> Vin Groot was Diesel. Vin Groot was Diesel. <laughs> That's great. And we're going to talk more about this stuff next week. <laughs> yes. And, uh... Bald... Rory... Or, uh, Bald Amy Bond. Yeah, so, like, I had a bald bunch of actors in it. I like, and James Gunn directing. Yes. So, I was like... You know what? And John, and John C. Riley's in it. Yes. And Clint Close. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's got a lot of great... It's got a really good cast. Um, we will definitely talk about this more next week. Now, before we close, I know there's been a big question. Why aren't you guys reviewing Age of Ultron? And the answer is simple. We don't want to review something that is out in theaters when it comes out in theaters. For A, because we like to do all the trivia and research and everything. And B, to avoid spoilers for people who haven't seen it. We're reviewing stuff that's already been released, so there's a good chance you've seen it, and you have the opportunity to watch it before we review it. When Age Plus of we'll Ultron, talk about it on the pie crust. Yeah, of course. When Age of Ultron comes out on Blu-ray, you bet your ass it's going to be part of this lineup. So, and as far as the other movies, will they get their own talkie episode? Probably. We'll probably do that someday. I mean, we've, still got, we've got a big lineup coming up, especially with... Infinity War on the horizon, so who knows? There could be a lot of... (laughs) By the time Infinity War Part 2 comes out, you realize, like, if we wanted to do a countdown to it, it would take almost half the year. (laughs) Yeah, really. But we're already giving Avengers their own episodes, so we won't be doing that again. But yeah, 
All right, guys. So that was Talking Talkies this week. Thanks for tuning in. Baseball info because we weren't really sure. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Uh, Baseball month is concluding, and next week we're going to assemble the Avengers. And now for May, we have a couple of requests coming up, and we're going to get to those. So tune in next week, and we'll talk about the Avengers. See ya. Bye.